3: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roto-Rolled Football Show. I am Patrick Doherty, joined by Danny Carter and Lawrence Jackson. It is draft week. So we've got some news related to the draft. Uh, we've got some prospect takes related to the draft from Mr. Lawrence. We had Eric Froton join us last week, to talk some of his favorite day two prospects. We had the ringers' Danny Kelly join us to talk some of his favorite prospects. That's what Lawrence is going to do. He follows the draft very closely Oh, yeah, we got some Will Levis rumors. We got some Anthony Richardson rumors. Bijan rumors. Jamison Williams uh, not rumors. He's been suspended for gambling and uh, really not cool. But, Denny, the biggest news of the week uh, coming out of Tampa Bay, you informed me uh, literally 10 seconds before the show began. Uh, let's tell the audience about it.
0: Folks, listen, uh, Peter King of NBC Sports reports in his column on Monday, which, of course, you can find on our site, that uh, the Bucks are – very unlikely uh, to trade up to acquire a quarterback in the NFL draft this week because they are, quote excited, excited, excited about coaching Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask at quarterback this year, I doubt that somehow. <laughs> and as I was, you know writing, I was right writing that that blurb, and I was thinking, oh hey, wait a second. They're the same guy, Kyle Trask and Baker oh, Mayfield. come on, man. You yeah, know, there's
3: been a lot of people losing libel lawsuits lately. Don't go out there <laughs> saying there's you <know>, no difference between <laughs> Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield.
4: I'm, I I'm. I, 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 <laughs> I would actually say the good thing about Kyle Trask right now is we don't even know what he is yet. Right, right. Baker, no, no,
3: no, Lawrence, we we do know what he's bad. We know that part. Well, um,
4: we, I, we really know what Baker is. That's
3: true. Okay, that's the difference. That is the difference. We're fairly sure Kyle Trask is bad. We are completely sure that Baker Mayfield is bad. A very, very important difference. I mean, uh,
0: yeah, you go, Denny. I mean, what you have though are two quarterbacks who are totally immobile and have no arm strength. Both of them are are dinkers and dunkers. Like that's that's what they do. And so you you they're going to alternate between these guys. And it's going to be a couple good games from not good games, but a couple passable games for Baker. Then he's going to tank. Then they're going to bring in Tress. It's going to be a disaster. I and mean, mostly, what this means is the Bucks are all in on Caleb Williams. Next so they're
3: very, very excited about the 2024 quarterback yeah, class. That's, that's really that when means. you read between. Real quick, Lawrence, you've been known to rock some team apparel. Uh, at some point, you're not wearing your Braves hat today. Um, are you okay? Uh, yeah. Bring- well,
4: you know what? What? what's the Braves record right now?
3: Uh, they're off to a pretty good start. I think they, they demolished the Cardinals. That's all I know for sure.
4: Um, the Cardinals is your team. They are yes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Pat. We had to come in yeah, and, 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 and get that W now, nah, you know, just, just switching it up for the day. But, uh, you know what, back when, when playoff baseball get back around, you'll never see me without anything. But uh, Atlanta Braves has, because I'm a fan then, baby.
3: So, yeah, the Braves have the third best record in the National League, by the way. And I was going to ask you, because I know you rock some team apparel from time to time. And the Bucks and the news on that re- regard, too, they've brought back the creamsicle unis for 2023. And mm-hmm. I was wondering what your opinion was on the creamsicles.
4: Yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's good. You know, um, I, I, do like their current uniforms, but these jerseys, you know, they're, they're very iconic. You know, they was the jerseys that, uh, you know, they were wearing when the Bucks first got Tony Dungy and Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and right. those guys. And then they switched up to what they have now. So it'll, it'll be cool to see them go back for that, you know, for that one game, for for all the nostalgic people out there, it, it'll it'll be cool to throw it back real quick. But I, I don't know if they could really rock with that if it was like a full season thing. No, but 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 it's just the alternate, so it's all good.
3: Well, you, you, I, you, I, you did real quick, Denny. He said they were yeah. iconic, uh, and Tom Brady, of course, wouldn't be caught dead in them.
0: Uh, oh no! Oh, he would have. He would have left the team. That is why. They, he yeah, left. yeah, yeah. I don't okay. think he would like them.
3: That's but, why he retired. Last year, because he heard they were coming back, and they, once they wouldn't, <laughs> they came back for one final year. Sorry, Denny.
0: So I I like this uh, trend of teams going back to their like I don't know 80s and early 90s looks, like the Eagles with the Kelly green, okay? Which for a long time, what you know, back in the early 2000s, was considered hideous, like the yes. most hideous thing. But but the Zoomers don't remember that it's at, at, at one point in sports history, not every team had to look post apocalyptic. No. You know, they, they could have a little a little color. You know, the Dolphins wore bright teal, you know, uh, um, sometimes teal pants and teal uh, jerseys. OK, uh, like, you know, the Bucks had the creamsicle that um, I'm trying to think of some other um, some other teams that had colorful. And anyway. every team from the state of North Carolina just
3: wore turquoise. Right. Um, that was you
1: know, right. The Charlotte
3: Hornets car uh carolina panthers turquoise the only allowed jersey color in the state oh, yeah. of north carolina. Like, well, like we,
0: not, not every not every team looked like they were playing football in the mad max universe in you know? <laughs> the,
4: the, the jaguars of kind the jaguars and panthers when when the, when the both of those teams came out in what 95 they those jerseys back then was kind of like oh this is the new thing right now you know so they've always kind of had you know Different it's true type of jerseys. You guys hit on
3: two different trends in the '90s. Every expansion team wore turquoise or purple, but every existing team turned their uniforms black. Like the <laughs> New York Mets, are like so famous for blue and orange, and for some reason, they started wearing all black all the time. The Cincinnati Reds, or uh, you would think would maybe have heavy red in their uniforms, started featuring heavily black, and that mm. was like a trend. Like everything had to have black piping, everything had to have black trim. Like Danny said, basically, just trying to be like
4: intimidating color, like That's sending, what he did. sending
3: the message that you could survive the Mad Max universe, <laughs> you were not it's, allowed. And then, but meanwhile, yeah, the, the expansion team's coming in. The Florida Marlins, like, we wear bright green,
0: and they were the brightest uh, turquoise uh, in, in sports history. And I loved it, I was obsessed with it. I was a Marlins fan for that reason. Right.
3: I'll tell this before we start the show, I'll tell you both of you guys because you won't notice because you. You don't like baseball and the zoomers have no chance. Google Charlie Huff.
4: I'm a no uh,
3: Google Charlie Huff. You don't okay, know. who
4: Okay. Huff. I don't know.
3: Okay. <laughs> I don't know. He was a 40 year old knuckleballer who started, I believe the first game in Marlins franchise history. So oh, really uh, Google Charlie Huff. He's a, a blast from the past. Charlie. Also a blast from the past folks is Will Levis. Cause he's a hundred years old. He's very, very old for a prospect. No, uh, Will Levis is kind of getting like the most draft week steam since it appears Bryce Young is settled to the Carolina Panthers in number one. So now the question moves, who's going to go number two? Uh, you know, who's going to have the number two pick? And it seems like the, the sports producer, Adam, told us before the show, Will Levis is the favorite to be the number two pick, but he's also the favorite to be the number four pick. And that is where the Carolina Panthers, or excuse me, where the Indianapolis Colts, Denny, are yeah. selecting ESPN's Todd McShay reports that the Colts' interest is, quote, very real and Will Levis, and I don't even know. I don't really have a question here other than just like asking you to comment on Will Levis and the Colts.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, it seems like Levis is is locked into the Colts. It looks like the Colts are going to do what it takes to land Levis, and uh, part of their uh, reasoning for valuing Levis, uh, especially over Anthony Richardson, is that he's – ready to start week one. And that just seems so short-sighted to me yeah. uh, to say like, well, this guy can help, can maybe help us immediately. Maybe is the key word there. Uh, so we're going to take him over the, the greatest quarterback athlete in the history of football.
3: As Kyle DeVorce keeps telling us, Derek Henry in a quarterback spot.
0: And, and and I'm going to have, when we talk about Anthony Richardson, I'm going to have more on him in a second, but I, I, I don't really get it, but they, they are apparently sold on Will Levis.
3: Lawrence, are you sold on Will Levis? We know you've heard you talk a lot about Anthony Richardson. What about Will Levis? I mean, Um. because there's some similarities. I mean, they probably get exaggerated, but, you know, like Toolsy, uh I don't know. What are your feelings on Will Levis?
4: Will, Will Levis is going to be working with some tools in a couple of years in the construction site. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm not one of them. I, can, I appreciate these players and their athleticism's. You know, uh, <laughs> I ain't one of them dudes who oh, call the football athletic, players.
3: You know, asphalt layer on the New Jersey
4: turn. <laughs> yeah, dude, for wh- whipping it up quick. Yeah. No, nah, I'm I'm not one of the dudes who call these players Walmart workers because they're the fourth <laughs> receiver on the team. I don't do that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> with 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 uh with with uh with Will Levis. Um, you know, am I sold on him? Um if you're asking it like that, then I would say nah. But every player has uh pros and cons uh to, to their game. We know his is, you know, having a having a strong arm, um being a player with some experience. Uh but there's questions a lot of about experience. Yeah, a lot of experience. Someone say too much. Yeah, he used to be the backup for Penn State. Um <laughs> that player probably won't even get drafted by the way but anyway now of a you know yeah the 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 politics of it all um but then there's questions about you know the accuracy or maybe decision making but what we do know is he could throw a football college football on his knees 50 yards and hit the goal post we we do know he could do that as far as where he going to get drafted I still feel like man I still feel like we don't know anything when it gets to the number two pick. I think it's just a whole lot of hearsay and a whole lot of talking going on right now. Uh, congratulations to Will Levis because he will be drafted somewhere. <laughs> uh, you know, um, but I, I I, can't say that. Uh, like, I don't believe that the Texas, because, like, it, it it's kind of weird to me how he's favored to be the second pick. And he's favored to be the fourth pick. How you gonna be the favorite to get picked at two different spots in the draft? Like, so are they saying, oh, if he don't go second, well, now he's the favorite to be the fourth. Um I think that that must be what it is. Like
3: it must be because the Colts are so in on him, supposedly, that like it's either it's better as like kind of hedging, like they're either gonna trade up to number two, or if they don't trade up to number two, no one else wants him bad enough. like two and three are going to stay put and he's going to fall to four it is very it's very i don't really understand what the texans are trying to accomplish it's like they're trying to like smoke screen themselves you don't (laughs) have to smoke screen like it's like like, you got the pick you know who the number one pick is and i really can't figure out like what the the texans agenda like keep leaking that they're not going to take a quarterback i guess they're just trying to I guess that it's pretty transparent. They want someone to take this pick from them very badly, right? But they're going about it in a very, very strange way. Just say you're going to trade the pick. You don't even have to like be like secretive about it.
0: Producer Adam says uh, the theory is that the Texans know that the Colts want Will Levis and don't want him to slide
4: to a divisional rival. So that that think of a
3: pretty easy way to prevent that. Yeah,
4: if I could, if I'm the Texans, I'm like. Yeah, go half them exactly. If you don't want him at have. number two, who cares? Like, why like, would ha- you Half, half have, them. Have you know, <laughs> have, you don't think he's have, good enough for we'll the number
3: two pick. So, let your division rival take him.
4: Yeah, yeah. But I, I've I I don't watch this stuff long enough to know where I when the when the time comes, man. I'm gonna just sit back and be ready to be shocked. There was a whole, a whole lot of talk around the 2021 NFL draft about the 49ers. You know, moving all those picks to move up to number three, the talk was Mac Jones. And then, bam, you know, out of nowhere to some, the pick is Trey Lance. So, a lot of things uh, can happen. The Bears traded up one pick to draft Mitchell Trubisky. We didn't see that coming either. That, Yeah, that's scary, ain't it? That um, is very scary, so, you know, if, if Will Levis knows anything, he don't want to be the number two pick because the number two pick of the last five years is Zach Wilson, Mitchell Trubisky, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota and RG three. Stay away from that number two pick. Will Levis.
3: Levis too. Well, I guess the one thing I've been focusing a lot on the negatives for Levis too. And that kind of like shoddy mechanics, like the classic, like big arm and not very accurate. I kind of forgot until recently, like, kind of like di- redigesting his like college story that, you know, he transferred to Kentucky, was really good under Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator. Then he went to the Rams last year and is now back at Kentucky, very mysteriously. And like, he lost his offensive coordinator. They lost Wandale Robinson. He had like no one to throw to. But I mean, like, then again, though, he's on a good SEC team. Like, there was still like okay talent around him. He's, he's just a very, very fascinating prospect because of all the question marks, all the projectable upside, also, though, the advanced age, which makes you less projectable. He's a very, very, very straight, a five year player. And like everything about Will Evans yeah. is like very it,
4: unorthodox. Yeah. And, and nothing really wrong with being a five year player. It's just that when you are that fifth year player, like what are you doing? Like Joe Burrow was a fifth year player. But he threw 60 touchdowns in his right. last, in his last season. Hendon Hooker, another fifth year player. Um, he threw 58 touchdowns against five picks in, in, in the past two seasons. So it, it just depends on what you do in those five years. Then you look at a guy who we'll talk about in a little bit, Anthony Richardson. He hasn't played all that much football. So, so. Yeah, you, know, Yo, you would like
3: him. Uh, you would have liked for him to beat out Sean Clifford, though. You would have liked that. Yeah,
4: one hundred percent. So right. would have been nice.
0: Sean Clifford uh, has superior stats in every way to uh, Will Levis uh, from twenty twenty two. I just, I'm, I'm looking it up as we podcast because that's, that's one yeah. of
3: those things where even it's a true fact that's liable if you say that you can't.
0: Say I know, that. man. I'm the First Amendment yeah. is on my side. Is on my side here. <laughs> right, <actually. laughs> look, uh look, uh, Will Levis fifty fifth in adjusted. Uh, or I'm sorry, in uh, average depth of target last year, 55th among among uh, college quarterbacks who took at least half their team snaps. Okay, um, he was 28th in adjusted uh, completion rate according to PFF. So like I I know he can hit a, a field goal po- post from 50 yards on his knees, and I know he's jacked beyond belief, and he looks like Tim Tebow. You know, he ripped yeah. up most yeah. ripped up quarterback in history. Exactly uh that to me that is a huge turnoff like oh, like God. I I feel like he's like completely hands off because he's this big jack guy who can throw it from his knees who cares who cares remember did
3: Connor Rogers say Levis was too jacked or yeah, he no
4: if, if he did say that he he was correct how many great court how many good quarterbacks you see who built like ter- Terrell Owens? Yeah, no. You gotta have a dad bod to be that type <laughs> of quarterback, right? There's there the only quarterback I think that I know that's been ripped and has had any success was Cam Newton. In 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 where I mean, you know, he looking for a team right Rip now as we break. as we speak. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you you too tight with all them muscles, man. Like you can't yeah. even you can't throw the ball right. You know what I'm saying? So that is true. The, I'm sorry, but, torn but,
0: Victoria
3: waiting to happen.
0: When when we think about great quarterbacks in NFL history, are we thinking about guys who look like Will Levis? No, nah. nobody nah, looks nah, like man. Will Levis. Like Cam Newton was was absolutely jacked, but he wasn't that kind of jacked. You know what I mean? Right, but right, he right. Have, like his chest wasn't out the here. He didn't have like <laughs> rippling like his like his back. He didn't look like a freak. Will Levis <laughs> looks like a freak.
4: Yeah, I mean, like he him. he definitely looked like an NFL player. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It looks like LaRon Landry though. J- just oh. not just yeah, Leron, oh. That's a good one to bring up right he there. And he the he he, he 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 was too buff. He was too buff to just run. Period. Uh, <laughs> I, I I I will say this. I will say this. Today, I would definitely not take Sean Clifford over Will Levis. <laughs> Thank I man. wouldn't do that. But At least I would take guys like. You're gonna think look, I would take Stetson Bennett over Will Levis, Mm, I would take BYU quarterback, Jaron Hall over Will Levis, Hendon Hooker. Hell, I would take Max Duggan, the TCU quarterback over Will Levis today. Yeah, gimme all of them guys. And there's probably another one. May oh uh DTR out of UCLA. Gimme him over Will Levis. Will Levis' family. But here. not Sean Clifford, though.
3: <laughs> yeah, not Sean Clifford. I was saying, Will Levis's family was considering a lawsuit until you said not Sean Clifford. So I, uh, I've I never seen Sean
0: going. Clifford play without getting hurt immediately. So <laughs> so, that, that <laughs> well, is, it's that not funny, insane. but yeah, it is true. Uh,
3: so we've talked a lot about Will Levis now. We've talked a lot about Anthony Richardson all spring, but he's kind of like the most fascinating prospect of the entire draft. Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer wouldn't rule out Monday morning the Seahawks taking Anthony Richardson at number five overall, even though I've got Geno Smith for like big guaranteed starting money in 2023. So this would be a situation where if Anthony Richardson ended up in Seattle. He would get like the fabled year to learn uh, behind a starter. If he goes to Seattle, Lawrence, would Anthony Richardson even be draftable in 12 team leagues as a stash this year? Cause the upside is so insane. Or then, but then if he goes to a team where he might actually start, who in the world are you taking him of? Where are you taking him in drafts this year? This was Denny's yeah. framing, so I'm assuming Denny has some.
4: Yeah, uh, some that, that. regardless of how much I uh, like uh, what Anthony Richardson will be able to do in the league, if he gets drafted by the Seahawks, there's no way I would be drafting him in a 12-man redraft league. You would have to have a ridiculous number of uh, roster spots to uh, to to let him hold it because we're, we're not going to sit here and wait I think Gino got a pretty big leash. Like, Gino's got,
3: like, you are starting all
4: 17 games, unless you go off the rails. He'd have to be hurt. He'd have to be playing, like, extremely bad, which I don't see. He didn't lose anything on the offensive side of the ball. So, if if he's drafted by a team with a clear cut quarterback, I can't imagine drafting him uh, in in a redraft league. Um, If he's. If he's drafted to a team where he would play immediately at that point, that's where I'll start looking at him late. Because in that situation, let's say he goes to a Colts, right? Even if he doesn't start week one with the quarterbacks on their roster, he'll be starting by week three. So it's <laughs> so, so that in, in that situation, he'll be worth that you know that late stash, kind of like how you know how we were drafting Justin Fields in twenty twenty two. Right, he wasn't. People weren't picking Justin Fields in the seventh and eighth round coming into twenty twenty two. They was getting them on the back end, and it paid off for him.
3: Real quick, before I ask you, Denny, a trivia question: Is Matt Ryan still on the Colts roster or not?
0: He is not. Yeah, he's not. He was cut. I don't know.
3: That wasn't actually a very funny trivia question. <laughs> he was cut <laughs> March fourteenth.
0: I actually was only about half sure there
3: because <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a trick question. The way I was, yeah. Uh, Denny. Yeah, uh, who? So say he doesn't go to the Seahawks, where again, if he goes to the Seahawks, he might sit like two years if he ended yeah, up in Seattle, yeah. depending on how things it, go with Gino. Yeah. But yeah, say he goes to somewhere with, with a much like the Colts. I don't know. Uh, where, where do you, because like the upside would just be stratospheric, but we, the downside, of course, self-evident as well. Uh, for just a very inexperienced, Josh Norris made an interesting point, the former host of the show. Like, it's kind of incorrect to call Anthony Richardson raw. It's more that he's inexperienced. Like he was making more like inexperienced mistakes because just hadn't played many games until last That's year. That's right. And so, like, maybe raw is not the right word for it. But, like Denny, where in the world would you take him if, say, yeah, you know, he ends up in Indianapolis where it's clear he's going to make starts in 2023?
0: I would make sure that I don't leave any draft without Anthony Richardson at that point. Um, and and if that means I have to take him like well above ADP, then I'll do that uh, because. There's no, there's no point. I feel like there's no point in being like, well, I'm gonna see if he's there in a couple rounds, and I'm gonna yeah. take this pocket passer who has no upside, who has you know, maybe nice floor, but like, like I'm gonna take Kirk Cousins over uh, say, or Gino. Come on, okay. yeah, or Gino, right? Well, Gino has some some rushing juice, but yeah, I, I mean, uh I, 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 all in, completely all in on Richardson if he uh, gets drafted by a team where he can start week one. Now, I think. The idea of the Seahawks taking Richardson and saying, all right, kid, you're going to sit back for a year or maybe two while Gino does his thing. That's not going to happen. Right. That's just not, that's not, not happening. I, I mean, Gino will have a long leash. Lawrence is right about that. They like Gino a lot. He, he, he earned, you know, a long leash from his play last year. He led the league in completion rate over expected last year by, by like a significant margin. So he was good. But I think that the that pressure will build eventually to say, "Hey, we got to get Richardson on the field." The Seahawks team, I don't think, is good enough to be like we're just going to roll with Geno for for the next year. Now, in that case, and it, if he goes to Seattle, if Richardson goes to Seattle, and it's clear that Geno is going to be the Week One starter, I
3: think he will. That, he's paid too much money. He will be the Week One starter. Yeah, yeah like, he
0: one hundred percent there. Yeah. Sure. But I, I I do I do think that there is an argument in twelve team leagues, kind of depending on bench size and whatever, to just stash Richardson because I mean, what else are you going to use that spot on a, a running back who might fall into <laughs> twelve carries at some point? They're using Adam Thielen, right? Right. I mean, you you know you you got to you got to maximize your bench, and Richardson really strikes me as the kind of fantasy producer who just won't be available in most leagues by the time he gets the call to start.
3: That is a compelling argument, but I do th- Seahawks galaxy brain essentially every first round pick they make. I think they would <laughs> very much take him and be yeah. super genuine about sitting him all year and actually just do that. And like where they, they would be like Pete Carroll, probably like a big believer in like the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes model, you know, yeah. or the Jordan love Jordan love loves been in like 12 years and is finally going to start in 2024 or 2023, Denny. Uh, I think they really believe, I think they would be serious and like they would s- stick with Gino no matter what. I do actually believe that.
0: So I, I, I do have uh, a couple stats, uh, some numbers on Anthony Richardson. I'd like to share with the group here and see what you guys think. Uh, these, these come actually from our uh, former colleague, Pat Carain. uh Check out his site, legendary upside, really good sign up for his newsletter. He has all the goods there. Uh, so he, he mentioned that, you know, Richardson is not like, there's this, there's this kind of lazy comp where is, Oh, Richardson is this, is this year is Malik Willis. In no way is Richardson like Malik Willis. And, and, and a bit, and a big uh, difference is that Malik Willis was one of the worst uh, quarterback draft prospects ever in avoiding sacks. Okay. Whereas Anthony Richardson is one of the best ever at avoiding sex. That is a huge factor and how these quarterbacks are evaluated. So th- there's that. There's also Anthony Richardson's uh, what, what's called – what is it called? It's called a big-time throw rate. Okay, folks? This is uh, defined by Pro Football Focus as a pass with excellent ball location and timing generally thrown further down the field and or into a tight window. Now, Anthony Richardson's uh, uh, big-time throw rate is in line with Stroud and Bryce Young it's higher than Cam Newton's was coming into college. It's higher than Deshaun Watson's was coming into college. So I, there is there is a ton of of passing potential here in Anthony Richardson. And I think that like dismissing that and saying, oh well, you know, he he needs two years on the bench to learn how to pass the ball. That's not that's not true.
4: No, it's it's that's definitely really not true. You you would anything. Most of the things we do in life, how do we learn it by doing it?
3: All right. Uh, speak for yourself. I learned, uh, <laughs> I watched uh, older kids than me play FIFA for five years before I ever picked up the sports. And,
4: uh, yeah. See, I did, I, did, I couldn't have learned how to play FIFA like that. I had to get in there and, and hit those through balls myself.
3: <laughs> Don't, I was I lying. I've been, been through balling since I was six years old. Uh, just one, I still, I'm, I will not, I will never just quote hit
4: X. And quote make a <laughs> K, pass. You cannot just hit no. X, man. can do. No I will, I no will, idea will, idea I I will
3: never just call. make a normal pass. I will always throw the ball. Sure. Um, SI's Albert Beer again. Hey, a very newsworthy Monday morning. Albert Beer Breer reported Bijan Robinson has quote consistently been connected to the Falcons. T- Lawrence, even with Tyler Algier there, would this be a great landing spot for Bijan on your your Falcons? Well, how would you feel about this?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if any. Any team that get B. John Robinson, you're gonna say we love it, right? Um, if if he goes to uh you know if he goes to the Falcons at nu- at number eight, which is where you're gonna have to get a player like him, um, it just shows you uh, what the Falcons are trying to do, and they're showing you what they feel essentially about Tyler Algier, right? Uh, you know, fifth round pick coming out last year, uh, Mo- started out as a backup. And if they made that move to B. John Robinson, that'll clearly send him back to being a backup. And there's really no other way to it. Um, would I like to see them make a, a different pick than that? Sure. But like no one, nobody, if any, no fan of any team is gonna be pissed off that their team picked up Bijan Robinson.
3: That is the thing, even though you know it's not like the like the epa pick whatever you need to make you will never be like sad about Bijan being on your team i mean it's weird though like it's the classic nfl i think Bijan should be taken in the top 20 i do think if you hit on like a day three running back who looks really good maybe the next year you shouldn't take a day one running back and like we've seen this happen we saw this happen with the jaguars and james robinson and travis etienne maybe it's that someone else do that but i mean would it be a concern for Bijan's fantasy prospects in twenty twenty three, ending him in Atlanta, where it's not like Tyler Algier will just disappear, I'm assuming. Uh
0: so Tyler you- Algier was uh seventh in yards after contact per carry last year, just behind Derrick Henry. Tyler Algier was very good. Uh on only two hundred and ten carries, he he eclipsed two hundred I'm sorry, he eclipsed one thousand yards. Um, you know, he fits he fits the offensive scheme, he fits the 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 pound and ground sort of ethos that Arthur Smith uh, wants to focus on, wants to teach. So that all lines up. But honestly, Bijan Robinson goes to Atlanta. I, I don't think there's any worry about, about Tyler yeah, Algier no. stealing uh, no, no. stealing valuable. Right. I, I I think that it, it I think B John, I, I said this on Twitter today, so I, I obviously have to double down here. If Bijan goes to the Falcons, I think that there is a pretty valid argument for him going number one overall in fantasy drafts.
4: The I, kind of, know, I yeah. mean, it's 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 not like they're gonna throw the ball or right. anything, you nope. know. What I'm and, and and if they do, it won't be to Kyle Pitts, so it'll be to Bijan. Oh, come on, man! Right. So so he'll get he'll get all the checkdowns
0: when they when they have to throw, which is you know they rarely do. He'll get all the carries. He'll get all the high value touches. The stuff inside the ten. I mean, I I just I think it's like uh, like as you would say, Pat stratospheric his ceiling is in Arthur fans. Smith's uh, offense.
3: It, and is weird, it's not like it will be a two back backfield still, but the like the carry floor is so high in this offense that yeah, it wouldn't matter at all. And the two back backfield will be stretching it. Two backs would be involved, maybe three. Yeah. I guess yeah. the Cordero, but it, it wouldn't. It's this the kind of offense where Bijan would be able to withstand that. So yeah. We got to get to Lawrence's favorite prospects. But real quick, Jameson Williams, you know, was came back from a major injury as a rookie, didn't get to do a ton down the stretch. Now he suspended six games for using DraftKings or something. Is he becoming like a toxic dynasty league asset? Are we still bullish on James? Is it time to is it time to like cut a sunk cost with Jameson Williams or is it time to buy low with Jameson Williams, Denny Carter?
0: Uh, man, yeah, the, the uh, the history of a guy missing his basically his whole first season and then getting suspended, uh, for the first almost the first half of his second season can't be good. You know, if no. you're looking for historical comps, I'm guessing those historical comps will be pretty grim. Uh, saying that if the team is committed to having him integrated into the offense. They need him. Like they, they gotta have that downfield burner. They don't have that without him. And he adds, and I wrote about this on the site the other day. Uh, he adds an element to the offense that they simply didn't have last year, and that would be fantastic for Amon Ross, St. Brown, for Jared Goff. You know, for this like very aggressive uh, Dan Campbell led offense. Uh, so I, I, I do think that if if they're committed, I, th- I think that Jameson Williams could be okay. But boy, it's it's an ugly start, ugly start.
3: Cutting bait or buying buying low, Lawrence.
4: Well, I I would be closer to buying low than cutting bait altogether. Just still way too early. And it's a good thing that it's only six games as opposed to the whole year, which uh, gambling God Calvin Ridley received last season.
3: (laughs) So yeah, I know that is. I wonder what the difference between Jamos and Calvin Ridley's bets were.
4: He probably didn't hit on his parlay. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, Jamison lost. Well, Calvin, uh,
0: Calvin
3: Ridley, really, I think, famously also did not
0: hit. So I think I think it actually matters just just for technical purposes if folks are wondering because my dad called. Oh, what's going what's going on with these guys gambling? It, if you if you gamble at a team facility, then you get you get the hammer. And I think that I think that
3: James. Well, wins. you can't gamble in the NFL. Apparently, JMO was gambling on college football, which I don't quite know why that's not allowed. If, uh, you yeah, know, I haven't seen the NFL promote gambling at all.
4: No, uh, never. It, oh, okay, it wasn't we, a team. Disability. We 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 never talk about it on NBC Sports Edge yeah, either. No,
3: the, the NFL has not wholeheartedly embraced gambling. Um, so not at all. Anyways, we'll be right back after this to talk some of Lawrence Jackson's favorite 2023 NFL draft prospects. Every season is draft season. Get your RotoWorld draft guide bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts. It's packed with profiles, rankings, and projections. Order today and get all 3 RotoWorld draft guides for the price of 2. Plus, use promo code BERRY and save an extra 20% off at checkout. That's promo code B E R R Y to get an extra 20% off at checkout. And don't forget, download the RotoWorld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your App Store today.
0: Hey,
1: Fidelity.
3: How
0: can I remember to invest every month?
1: With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, huh,
0: that sounds easier than I thought.
1: You got this.
0: Yeah, I do. Now,
2: where did I put my keys?
1: You will find them where you left them.
2: Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC.
3: Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. Lawrence, we haven't timed the podcast particularly well. You have to leave to get your daughter soon.
4: Um, <laughs> it's got all good. Some,
3: you got some time to talk about your favorite prospects in this year's draft. You got some running backs. You got some receivers. You even have a tight end. Let's start yeah. with one of your favorite running backs. In this yeah,
4: yeah. And, and so, like we know, right? We all we all expect players like Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Jackson Smith the Jig, but we ex- we're expecting them to provide us with with fantasy value right out the gate, right? But what about guys like tyler algier a day three guy damian pierce a day three guy isaiah pacheco a day three so though these guys are out and about and they will uh have roles at some point so uh one one of the first guys i want to talk about is mr small almighty deuce Vaughn, running back out of kansas state dude dude is one of my favorites standing at a at an enormous five foot five, hundred and seventy nine pounds. But I, I, I promise you this: uh, that man does not run like that. He he was a true freshman, uh, and was already the best player on their offense. Super productive player, hundred and sixteen catches over the last three seasons at Kansas State. And while while he's not of the stature of guys like Tyler Algier, Damian Pierce, and Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I compare more to players like James White and Darren Sproles and Tariq Cohen, players that we've, you know, that we've started in. It used to be Austin Eckler, too, in the Melvin Gordon days. You know, all of these guys had roles in their offense and with a skill set like Deuce McAllister has. He'll be able to – I'm sorry, not Deuce Vaughn. Uh, Lawrence Deuce has McCall- dated
3: himself. Deuce <laughs>
4: McAllister, eight five five one seventy nine. 179 No, no, uh, no, Yeah, so, you know, the fact that Deuce, Mc, Deuce Vaughn can do <laughs> – that he can't – <laughs> I can't this, – this guy's not even a Hall of Famer, but shout out to Deuce McAllister. Shout out to Deuce <laughs> uh uh, deuce vaughn uh he can do all the things that every down back can do so even if he's not gonna do that at the next level he could compliment a player who does and he'll find his role in the in the receiving game same goes for Devon a chain out of texas a&m little bit bigger 5'9 188 uh Similar, similar skill set. Except, Divine chain does not run like a man who sub one hundred and ninety pounds. Like, he he he's elusive. He's quick, but he will deliver the blow as well. He he's a tackle breaker and obviously all American, world class speed on the track. We love that, right? Uh, he'll he'll bring it. He'll bring it in the kick kick return game as well. Um so I like those two dudes' just smaller backs. Uh, yeah, Lawrence, real quick, we've had a few people mention Devin A Shane on the show.
3: I'm really glad you mentioned yeah. Deuce Vaughn, who no one has mentioned yet, who was one of the probably three or four most fun players to watch in college. Oh football. yeah. And like he's just totally blew up the box score. Like back-to-back years just blew it up. Like on all three downs, and it five five is very small. But like you said, we've we've seen it with his fellow K-State alum. Aaron Sproles and we've seen it with Tariq Cohen who got short-circuited by injuries so it's not like we have no there's a prototype for these players having success in the pros yeah and Deuce Vaughn is a very 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 fascinating prospect
4: and, and he's a wrestling. he's a player you know on, on the tape it literally shows he can line up in the slot in each your linebackers alive like it's a complete mismatch there um for a dude who has more ideal size uh you you got a easy abic ab abic- Abikanda. <laughs> uh, better, better you than me uh, yeah yeah so. I should have just said his name instead just of easy. trying to instead of trying to read it
3: yeah you um, know you gotta the key with names where you're where you're you're not great on it. You just say it as fast as possible. You that's literally through.
4: the that's literally the first time I ever messed up his name and it's cuz I tried to read it. But it but anyway, this, uh, this is a guy, you know, 5'11, 215, could, probably will go at the end of day 2, possibly day 3. Um uh, extremely good acceleration, not going not, not not shifty, not going to juke you everywhere, but he's going to use his speed and acceleration to uh, beat the defender. So those are, you know, those are three running backs that I like. That's probably definitely not going on day one. Uh, maybe they'll go on day two. Some will more than likely uh, go on day three. And those are dudes who could just come in. Like if they get on a team, like a Kansas city chiefs, remember they didn't bring back uh Jared McKinnon as of yet. Um, so that's a spot where a guy like Deuce Vaughn could come in and, have himself a little role in in running backs are important right because those are that's the spot where rookies have the most impact um not so much uh at the receiver position so i won't talk about too many of those guys but
3: quick, denny you have any thoughts on any of these guys real quick um
0: uh you know I want to I want to be in on Deuce Vaughn because the. Production have you ever
3: seen Deuce Vaughn play? I know you've seen the spreadsheets I on him.
0: Okay, oh, 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 oh right. I, I I have. I uh, my college DFS, uh, dabblings. I, I I definitely saw Vaughn play, and he's uh, his production is, out of this world. Okay, it like, is out of this world. I I concede that. And big
3: games too. Like he was like the classic. Like he shined in big games at K
0: State. I will say that I am a little bit worried about how a 177 pound running back is going to hold up. You know, I was thinking like, it, as far as like comps go, I was like, wait, does Doug Martin comp to him? Doug Martin was five,
4: nine, two
3: 30. Is it? Doug Martin was way over two bills. He
4: yeah. Was, and, but guess what though? Doug Martin was always hurt. He it's was. True. Yeah. He, was. he needed
3: to be smaller.
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I want him. I want him to be a thing. I, I, I could see, like 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 uh, Lauren said, I could see him being you know used as a as a pass catcher around the line of scrimmage, but I just I don't know if there's like much fantasy upside there for him.
3: Yeah, well, if there's not, too – it's going to take he's going to have to like be nurtured into the correct role by like a good coaching staff. Where I could definitely see Deuce Vaughn becoming a PPR factor at some point in scrim, maybe even in 2023. But it seems like maybe he's going to uh, Tariq Cohen. I think kind of made some noise right off the bat. He he's a classic. Oh, yeah. Let's let Deuce Vaughn end up with a good coaching staff, God willing.
4: Yes. Yeah. So Lawrence, sure. Who do you
3: want to talk about next, Lawrence?
4: Yeah. And just a quick note on uh, two other running backs. So I won't go, into, go in on them. But Keaton Mitchell out of uh, East Carolina and Xavier Holiday out of Arizona State where – Rashad White just came from. But uh, a a couple of receivers here, uh, we like slot receivers in fantasy. Uh, Josh Downs and uh, Jaden Reed are certainly uh, a couple of those guys. Both of them are small in stature, right? So
3: Lawrence, what is the deal with this clap, man? Like these, these guys would have all been like they would have not looked out of place on the rotor old flag football team in yeah. Canton, Ohio last year. They're all like five nine hundred and seventy.
4: No, and I'm coach. certain. Denny would not have thrown the ball to Josh Downs. <laughs> he wouldn't have thrown the ball to Josh Downs either because he would have just been too wide open for him. Yeah, Josh, you know, Josh Downs would Josh, have been out the back of the end zone. Josh Downs, at a, you know, and, and that's what I like about Josh Downs. He's able to get open in those zone coverages more quicker than fast, even though he's 5'10", 175. He don't run a 4'3". He's closer to a 4'5". But he looks like he runs fast on, on film when he's eating up those zone coverages. The same deal could be said uh with a guy like Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. Just finds his spots in the zones. And if this guy, if any of these guys get picked in the you know, fourth round or so, then look for them to compete for some reps. Uh as well as uh, Xavier Hutchinson out of Ohio State. He's a bigger receiver, 6'2. 205 but the special thing about him is he can play big and he could play small play 26% of his snaps in the slot but he's more known as an ex receiver makes the acrobatic catches and he's I, I so there's some things I compare him uh, to Cooper cut with he's an older receiver older fifth year receiver who should probably get picked in the middle rounds and was productive right off the bat they could move him around. So I like those three players right there.
3: <laughs> but Lawrence, hey, you're going deeper than anyone we've had on the show so far. Even the Mr. Eric Froton is helping us with our pre-draft profiles. We're going to have amazing write-ups for all these guys on draft weekend. So you get a lot more stuff like Lawrence is coming with right now. But Lawrence, as you're talking about Josh Downs, is more like I read about Josh Downs. You know, a nine, slot-only prospect who runs like a 4'5", instead of a 4'4". Mm-hmm. What you're basically saying is that he's already on the New England. <laughs> He's that, yeah it,
4: it, I, I don't know if i love him as much as he if he went to that team because their offense has to show me they can actually do something first
3: well i don't know if you've heard lawrence uh yeah high and mighty they hired an offensive coordinator this so, year uh, <laughs> they have an actual offensive coordinator so yeah, before you judge the Patriots, maybe you should learn the facts.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's I gotta fun. learn the facts
3: <laughs> they've hired an actual offensive coordinator.
4: Here, here's the here, the biggest fact: is their quarterback ain't Tom Brady.
0: <laughs> <That's>
3: <laughs> and you guys were saying you don't like quarterbacks being all rocked up, and then now all of a sudden you don't like Mac Jones, the <laughs> <laughs> you know quarterback in the league.
4: Uh, although, actually, apparently. That's- he got a perfect quarterback body, so I don't know what gives. Yeah, it's we'll, true. Get, we'll give him another chance with a real offensive coach, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But Josh Downs don't get drafted to the Patriots, man. <laughs> I think well, Josh Downs Mac is rocked up, by the way. Now, sorry, Denny.
0: We had a we had a report this morning from Peter King. It's on our site that uh, the Bills are interested in Josh Downs and could take him in the first round. Uh, according to Peter King. Wait, so what? I they said that.
4: that? Who said that? First Peter
0: round. King. Peter oh, wow. Yeah. Oh,
3: mm. the Bills, right. man, they, they need receiver help like really bad. And they're yeah. like obsessed with that archetype of receiver and like kind of keep striking out on it. Like even Isaiah McKenzie, you know, was kind of a strikeout last year. I forgot, who, what team is Isaiah McKenzie on now,
0: by the way? Uh, Colts. I can't remember.
3: He's not in Buffalo anymore, but. They really need receiver help. That would be kind of a shocking first round pick. I know Josh Downs is kind of all over draft boards. I do know that. Yeah,
4: yeah. Um, there, some people
3: have got him really high. Some people have got him more like day, like like low day two. So he will be a really really fascinating, um, prospect.
0: Mackenzie plays for the Colts. Okay, all
3: right. So yeah, Will yeah. Levis, that would be the best weapon yeah. Will Levis has had in like two
4: years. But uh, again, they're receive, wide receiver rookies, like we had Chris Salave and Garrett Wilson. That was the extent of rookie wide receivers that we was willing to start every week. So it'll be tough for any rookie receiver to get in there and be uh, exceptional, exceptional off the bat. Yeah. Um, that's why I only talk about one tight end because again, rookie tight ends don't usually come in and get a thousand yards like Kyle Pitts does. You know what I'm God, saying? A
3: thousand yards for his career yet.
4: <laughs> just over that. Just over that. But like last season, we didn't know what to do at the tight end position outside of Travis Kelsey and Mark. Andrews, even he started falling off a bit. But we had guys like K dot and Greg Dulcich, Isaiah Likely, that we were we were talking about and switching them out every week. Uh and then you got Chig Okongo. Um got that name right there. <laughs> I didn't really read it, that's why. Uh, so so you, you power
3: through, power he, through.
4: He, he was the best rookie tight end from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, San LaPorta out of Iowa State is like the big chig, you know what I'm saying? He's that type <laughs> of player. He's a, he's more of an H-back, a guy you move around. He's what Joe New Smith is supposed to be. That's what he was supposed to be on the Patriots. So uh, San LaPorta, look out for, for that name outside of the obvious guys like Dalton Kincaid and uh, Michael Mayer.
3: That's another because everyone's talking about like the top of this amazing tight end class. It's interesting to go a little. It's further pretty down. It's pretty deep. It's it is crazy. Like people are. I, it it wasn't hype. Like it is like genuinely a really deep tight end class. Which maybe it's just something about the overall draft class, which you know we're hearing is not very good. We're probably not a great sign of one of the really deep positions is tight end, but um, it is one of the really deep positions this year, Denny.
0: It is. Uh, by the way, there are several tight ends, including Laporta, uh, who, and not Michael Mayer, who really excel at after the catch ability and speed, which are two enormous factors in tight end production over, especially over the past like decade. Uh, so they, I, I do think that there is a chance that eventually, maybe this year, we get past the idea, or the reality that rookie tight ends don't produce in fantasy. I'm, here's to hoping.
3: Would be really nice because it's a position that needs a talent infusion. Yes, yes. very, very badly. Tyler Higby, one of the worst overall players in the league, was like the tight end two overall I, last year. I, just, um, I
0: don't even know,
4: man. When's so Tyler
3: Higby gonna be working on highways? Um, <laughs> never, reason,
4: um, never. That guy's gonna be in the league forever. <laughs> he is, hey, he is. Hey, hey, hey only gonna be on the rams but, he, know, it's but true. Look, he's true he's like the franchise player <laughs> i guarantee you this week three he gonna have nine catches for 91 yards and two touchdowns and that's it and, <laughs> that's,
3: that's that's a
0: wrap for the whole season though. and i'm i'm gonna and i'm gonna have to write 400 words on him
3: you will you've already <laughs> well you've got that's evergreen for you and you've already got that one on file you just like change out the week and the year. And I too, on you're right. <laughs> uh, That one, that's on just yeah, evergreen for Denny Carter. Wow, Lord I was worried we weren't gonna be able to get to all your players. Sorry. Anything you didn't get to say on Keaton Mitchell or Xavier Valaday uh, that you uh, out there?
4: Xavier Z- Valaday, man, he's the one that uh, has uh, he. You could almost think of him in the same breath as Rashad White. We think of some of the things like uh, he has the tools to do every like everything that you need in the bat. He's underrated in the pass-catching game. So for a guy like him, this is, prob- this is probably a day three running back we're talking about right here. But uh, definitely uh, gives the effort in pass pro, and you need that as a, a rookie to stay on the field. But, you know, at 5'11", 200, you know, he's a guy that could give you it in every phase, run, pass, and pass pro. And then Ke- uh, Keaton Mitchell – is a guy who could potentially, I don't know, a lot of people don't use kick return points in fantasy, but he's another guy who could fall into a role. You know, he's got experience catching the ball out of the backfield. The acceleration speed on him, again, is legit. His 4-3 is not just the combine 4-3. That's like a football field, running, out running angles type of 4-3 uh right. Is that's what you get in Keaton Mitchell? But again, another—he's five eight, one eighty, so that that's going to knock him down the boards a little bit. But again, get him with a good coach and a good system; he he should find himself a role. Keaton Mitchell, fifty runs of more than ten yards last year
0: led all of college yeah. football. That's a lot of runs of ten yards.
3: Yeah, that's an insane stat. Final question, Lawrence. It- this, am I, this seems like a more intriguing running back class than last year. Like, I just feel like there's kind of more like intriguing, kind of like wild card names out there. Is it a better running back class? I guess it's a better running back class than last year just by the sheer virtue of B. John Robinson being in it.
0: But this yeah, feels like a very fun draft, it, running back and it's class
4: a, to And it's a good running back class too because uh, in, in my point of view, the gap between him and Jameer Gibbs ain't big at all. In fact, there's teams. Don't say it. There there's teams, right? (laughs) That I would rather see have Jameer Gibbs than the than have Bijan. Like if you're the Dolphins, I'd rather have Jameer Gibbs than Bijan Robinson. If you're the Chiefs, I'd rather have Jameer Gibbs than Bijan Robinson like he's gonna do work. He's 199 pounds. So people like to call him sub 200. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, you know, uh, the dude could play and he wasn't even utilized to his full potential at Alabama. So, so there you go, man. So yeah, those two players definitely make this running back class more stacked than what we think. And you're going to get a lot of these smaller running backs. That they're the ones who's going to make this draft, the running back draft class better. It's going to be some of those guys uh, we talked about earlier. We need our
3: college football prospects to start eating fast food again, man. All these guys are like 170. <laughs> nah, food.
4: you you don't want that because then they're just oh, going to be do. small dudes with guts. Well, that's true. I you don't know. know. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: true, but like, man, yeah, like college athletes used to eat fast food. Now it's all like these scientific diets.
4: Now yeah, like right, right, right. <laughs> like, Hardee's exists, or Carl's Jr. As Bro, they had, they had a Hardee's on my college campus. We, <laughs> we was hitting that up. They had the little, they had the uh, little $5 deal, get two Burgers, we was on that heavy. My and, and, we
3: had a 24-hour subway, and uh, this was before people knew Subway. I mean uh, Subway's a fine establishment, uh, but you know, it was a 24 hour subway, and that was like revolutionary back then. I would say it'd be a little less revolutionary to me now um yeah. than it was then. But the fine folks of Subway. We there also were, had a McDonald's.
0: There was a Hardee's in College Park, Maryland that uh, I I frequented always sober, by the way. <laughs>
3: Of course, of course, uh, Hardee's is famous for its extremely sober clientele. Just like, of course, Taco Bell, who has uh, never once served an inebriated customer.
4: Uh, Uh, Right right through you. Really, really great. Oh, no. Come on. (laughs) Like a running back.
3: Oh, boy. Really, really great stuff to Lawrence. Went deep on the class. We talked. We've talked a lot of the bigger names of the show. We're really glad to get some of these names out there today.
4: Yeah, man. Uh, watch really, for watch for the p- teams that some of these players go to, and it'll be interesting.
3: Really, really great stuff. We're gonna have all these guys written up this weekend for draft weekend. It's gonna be a long weekend.
4: Lawrence, I really this it's your first uh, draft for us where
3: you're gonna be blurbing, right? Uh
4: yeah. Because because last year I went to the to Vegas, so I avoided that last well, and year. and you were brand new, you were new yeah, to the blurb yeah, game. Yeah
3: unfortunately yeah. for you you are trained up this year
4: yeah <laughs> and, yeah uh, man so we'll be uh you it's know a hell of being, a time. I'm, I'm stretching my finger I'm getting yeah. ready and ready to uh, go man yeah
3: just already you already have carpal tunnel syndrome um, <laughs>
4: this weekend. Uh, but really
3: really good stuff so for Lawrence Jackson for Denny Carter I'm Patrick darty thank you so much for listening we'll be back on Wednesday to put a bow on our pre-draft coverage and then we'll be blurbing up the whole thing later this week on NBC sports Edge slash Roto.